Seltzer Kings Podcasts. Hey, are you into werewolves, mad sciences, and a little bit of witchcraft? Then stay tuned for an all-new episode of Watch Corner. We're riding this train straight into the sun. Woo! Tune in to a classic episode of Watts Corner on the Seltzer Kings Network. Available on all podcast platforms. The following podcast contains... So angry, I feel like swearing. Oh, Murray, you wouldn't swear at us. Go f*** yourself, prick! Explicit language. Hello and welcome to the podcast that asks a simple question. When you kept asking me, why can't we just nuke them? What the hell were you thinking? I'm your host, Dave Bledsoe, and this is a Friday, August 5th, 2016, Someone Set Us Up the Bomb edition of the show, where we seriously ask the question, does this guy even want to win? Stay tuned. The What the Hell Were You Thinking podcast is brought to you this week by Bill's Secondhand Metal Shop. All of the bling, none of the blood. Are you looking for some instant credibility, sex appeal, or political currency? Try a secondhand metal. Bill's Secondhand Metal Shop starts awards for heroism, sacrifice from all branches of the armed services, all at discount prices. Pin that purple heart on your chest without the sucking chest wound. This week's Secondhand Silver Stars are on special. Bill's Secondhand Metal Shop. It's not stolen valor when you pay for it. Use the promo code EASY at checkout and get a bronze star with V for Valor half off. At the risk of sounding repetitive, the swollen orange gonad cyst with a platinum frosted merkin of the GOP is very, very unqualified to be president. Now, you might think that this take is... It's hot! Damn hot! Real hot! Hot in this is my shorts! I can cook things in it! Little crotch pot cooking! I know this, but I feel as though I should keep repeating it until people actually do something about it. Or, you know, until the orange shirts of the Trump Atelung drag me kicking and screaming into a concentration camp. First of all, I didn't pronounce it right, and second of all, I'm not going to tell you what that meant. Take a history class. Where to begin... Well, I guess I should start with the one that just pisses me and everyone off the most. You might remember a lovely gentleman during the Democratic National Convention in Cleveland who helpfully offered to loan Donald his copy of the United States Constitution since Mr. Trump not, seems not to even have skimmed the document. The nice man named Kazir Khan possessed some insights into the meaning of patriotism and sacrifice since his son was killed in Iraq in 2004. Mr. Khan, an immigrant from Pakistan and a U.S. citizen, angrily noted Dinky Finger's lack of awareness when it comes to the actual meaning of sacrifice. It was a stinging rebuke from a Gold Star family to the Trump campaign. And anyone who wants to win an elected office would have replied to this with dignity, grace, compassion, even if the family came right up to them and... Kick him in the crotch, damn it, the crotch! Needless to say, this is not what the herpetic blister on the Republican Schwantz did. 
He attacked the cons. He attacked the wife, the husband, and proved he's never actually read the Constitution by saying Mr. Khan had no right to say what he said. His cronies insinuated that Mr. Khan might be a member of the Muslim Brotherhood, or at least sympathetic to them because he once wrote an academic paper on Sharia law where he quoted a member of the Muslim Brotherhood. So, you know, he's totally a terrorist. How much more proof do you need? Attacking the grieving mother of a war hero is not a generally accepted way to deal with their criticism. What he should have said was something like, quote, sympathize with Mrs. Sheehan. She feels strongly about her position, and she has every right in the world to say what she believes. This is America. She has the right to her position, unquote. This is what President Bush said to the mother of a war, uh, to the mother of a dead war hero in 2005. And if you'd have told me in 2005 that I would be using anything George W. Bush said as a paragon of thoughtful rhetoric, I would have to ask you. What are you stoned or stupid? Not that Sheehan wasn't attacked her by Republicans. Oh, oh, she absolutely was. But at least Bush had the common sense not to publicly demean her. It should be noted that Katrina Pearson, Trump's bullet-clad, not-at-all-mentally-deranged surrogate, blamed Obama for Captain Khan's death, which again happened in 2004. I'm not sure if she thinks the then-state senator from Illinois, Obama, personally flew to Iraq and did something, or is only insinuating that we possess a White House time machine. Either one of these are equally possible when you are in need of a serious mental health evaluation. Perhaps sensing he was losing the battle, the Donald decided to take the heat off his thoughtless comments about a grieving family of a war hero by attacking a mother and her crying baby at a Virginia rally. Don't worry about that baby. I love babies. So. I love babies. I hear that baby crying. I like it. I like it. What a baby. What a beautiful baby. Don't worry. Don't worry. The mom's running around like, don't worry about it, you know. It's young and beautiful and healthy, and that's what we want. Okay. Actually, I was only kidding. You can get the baby out of here. That's all right. Don't worry. I, I think she really believed me that I love having a baby crying while I'm speaking. I mean, sure. Who hasn't sat on a crowded airplane or subway car listening to the screams of a crying child and thought about going full Hawkeye? Translation for millennials. During the series finale of the television show MASH in 1983, the character of Hawkeye experienced a mental breakdown over the smothering death of a crying child while hiding from the enemy. But if you want to be president, you got to pretend that shit is music to your ears. You can't do shit like mocking a mother with a crying baby and kicking them out of your rally. I mean, seriously, it's just crazy. If someone wrote this in a movie script, the entire audience would get up and walk out in disbelief. But in real life, no one did. Then he decided that getting a Purple Heart is a lot easier if you don't need to do anything like serve or be wounded in action. A retired Army Colonel, Louis Dorfman, you can't see me but my eyes rolled, gave Trump his purple heart at a rally in Ashburn, the same rally where he attacked the mother, because he had such confidence in Trump. It's not exactly clear what Lieutenant Colonel Dorfman is confident Trump will do, but unlike Trump, I will not insult a veteran wounded in the line of duty, even though I really, really want to. Trump, for his part, said of the citation for being very confident in the face of the enemy that he'd, quote, always wanted to get a purple heart, 
This is much easier, unquote. And I speak with the competent authority of a veteran when I say the only people who want a Purple Heart are the kind of weaselly douche fritters whose closest contact with the enemy was on a television show. And what I don't understand is, why do people take an instant dislike to me? It saves time, Frank. Well, we got along fine for the first two weeks. Exactly, Frank. That time was absolutely wasted. Ow! Double mash reference. Good week. So naturally it stands to reason that Trump wanted one real, real badly. Oh, there was the secret video. According to Donald's brain, he watched a classified video during a national security brief, more on those in a moment, where he saw with his own eyes Iranian officials unloading cash from an airplane as part of a ransom payment for hostages in Iran. Further proof that Barack Hussein, that middle name is important, Obama, is a secret Muslim terrorist. Turns out Donald did not see a video like that. Intelligence officials who do the briefing were very clear that they did not show any such video to Trump because no such video actually exists. Campaign officials later confirmed this, and even Donald was forced to admit in a tweet that what he actually saw was that one Looney Tune where Daffy and Bugs tunnel into a treasure chamber. Then he decided he wasn't ready to endorse Speaker of the House Paul Ryan's re-election bid. He, quote, wasn't there yet, unquote. Paul Ryan, who has distinguished himself by graciously being the tepid lackey for this tangerine fecal impaction crowned by a tiny scrap of toilet paper in the colon of the GOP. Ryan, who has grudgingly endorsed Trump. Ryan, who has denounced much of what Trump has said and done, but can't bring himself to denounce the man because he's a good soldier for the party. And now he's repaid by the feel of tiny, tiny fingers plunging what must be a very small knife into his back. Trump further failed to endorse John McCain because he's lame and was captured, and New Hampshire Senator Kelly Ayotte because, I guess, she's a woman or something. Loyalty is a one-way street, and it ends at the mercurial whims of the gold-veneered tin-pot dictator wannabe whose child-sized fingers just can't seem to grasp the reins of the Republican Party. Sad! Exclamation point. I mean, none of this actually matters because he's convinced the election will be rigged against him anyway. And if you, by rigged, he means millions of horrified Americans gathering together as one and soundly denouncing the politics of hate and fear by voting for Hillary Clinton, then it's absolutely going to be rigged. But what Trump is actually doing is undercutting the legitimacy of the electoral process to his followers, a group of people so angry, hateful, and afraid that they're voting for him. And I'm sure they will take the months of talk of rigged elections leading to his humiliating defeat as a sign of how American democracy works. I'm sure that they will gracefully accept his laws with decorum and responsibility. Burn it! Burn it Later on, the steaming little teapot told women that if they don't like being sexually harassed, they should find another job. He what? Being neither a slab of walking beefcake nor a woman despite my many feminine traits like compassion, decency, and a deep-seated desire to jump the bones of Ryan Reynolds, 
I have no idea what it's like to be sexually harassed on the job. But I've been told that if I didn't like something, I should quit. And that really wasn't the reaction that I was looking for. If I was told this from a behavior that was actually illegal, oh, I I might quit. But only after the settlement check cleared from the lawsuit. But I guess coming from a guy who regularly demeans and degrades women, it's slightly better than quit your bitching and come and sit on daddy's lap. Something I'm sure Ivanka has heard so many times during her short life. Save her! Help her! I could talk about the leak from the campaign that the staff is suicidal. And I know what I want to say here, but I'm trying to be the better man. Allegedly, campaign manager Paul Putin's little helper Manafort is, quote, mailing it in, unquote, having given up on trying to control the manic little Oompa Loompa currently falling in the polls like a drunken frat boy towards an empty swimming pool. He's mailing it in? I mean, he can't even be bothered to click out of Pokemon Go to ask Siri to make a phone call? Manafort, for his part, insists the rumors are untrue and then complained bitterly of the prevalence of Pidgeys in the campaign headquarters building. So much has happened. I'm just not sure where I should go next. Most of this took place within like 24 to 48 hours. Just this podcast content alone would sink any normal campaign but there's more and i guess it's time to bring this around to the thing that actually scared me i mean literally in the literal sense of the word scared me on msnbc's morning joe former director of central intelligence and ex-national security director michael hayden told the tale of Trump in a national security briefing asking on three separate occasions during an hour-long meeting why we couldn't just use nuclear weapons in a given scenario. Holy Jesus! The Trump campaign vigorously denies this happened, but you really shouldn't believe anything those people say. I mean, they keep telling us their guy is not a dangerously deranged lunatic with narcissistic personality disorder, megalomania, and autocratic aspirations whose sole reason for running is to feed the ravening beast that is his unquenchable vanity. And anyone who is not in a coma or isn't a blatant racist can obviously see that this is the truth. There is proof that the man whose skin tone implies that he's already heavily irradiated is more than just a little enamored of the idea of nuking the shit out of someone. From Trump's own mouth, he told Chris Matthews in 2015, replying to a comment about the use, then, why are we making them? Why do we make them? Again, not at all delusional Trump alter ego Katrina Pearson said in December of 2015, what's the point of having a nuclear triad if you're afraid to use it? She doesn't actually talk like that, but whenever she speaks, that, that's the voice I hear. I mean, who says this? Ever! Sure, maybe some jack-off who will come no closer to the presidency than President of his fantasy pro tour league, but in no way should anyone with any aspirations to power say anything like this. No one has since Curtis fucking LeMay when he was running as George Wallace's vice president and LeMay was a fucking lunatic who wanted to nuke everyone. Who do you think inspired Dr. Strangelove? After all of this... Can we all just sit down and take a deep breath and ask ourselves, what the holy fucking hell is going on? I mean, we are way beyond what the hell are you thinking it into. Are you insane? I mean, does this guy want to be elected? Because he's acting like someone trying to Bullworth. 
Notes for the Millennials. In the 1998 movie Bullworth, Warren Beatty plays a senator whose behavior is antithetical to his chances of being re-elected during a move of an existential crisis. Their way into unelectability. There is a huge difference between quirky outsider behavior or plain talk and batshit fucking crazy. And folks, we are hip deep in the fecal material of a mentally unstable chiroptera. There are gaffes, and then there is... He did not just... Did you just say that? There is crazy, and then there is... No, seriously, I think you might need to be committed. By any reasonable standards, we are into the realm of soporific drugs restraints and padded walls this is not a campaign for president it's an epic episode of jackass and the american public is the one about to be hit in the nuts by a garden rake on a on the pneumatic piston the new york post published nude pictures of melania trump with another naked woman the new york post owned by rupert murdoch a guy who's been trump stumping since the beginning those photos are 20 years old and they just now happen to appear in a friendly publication come on i'm not one for conspiracy theories but this is too much did the campaign put them there it would not even be in the top 10 of the weird shit that has happened this week and I'm hardly the first one to ask if Trump has somehow managed to fall into being the nominee by accident. Pundits have long punded that he was not a serious candidate. He was a protest candidate, a vanity candidate, whose antics were just to get attention. But then... Next day to be like this, a fucking one? Leaving Donald Trump completely unprepared for the reality of the campaign. I think most of these pundits are kind of right. Meaning I think Trump started this to fuck with the system, to stir the pot, but he's very much a narcissist, and the sound of people chanting his name made his tiny Trump stand straight up. Does Trump want to be president? Oh, fuck no. He just wants to win. He wants to beat Hillary, and by proxy, he wants to beat Obama, the man who insulted him during the White House Correspondents' Dinner in 2011. I mean, Barry made Donald his biatch, and I think deep down being humiliated by a secret Muslim from Kenya made Donald decide someday there would be a reckoning because no one fucks with Donald J. Trump. His ego is like a sentient pile of slime from the lower reaches of the abyss. I mean, I'm saying it's Jubilex, okay? I'm saying it's Jubilex, the faceless lord, master of slimes and ooses, patron demon of the Republican Party. The more it grows, the more it needs to be fed, and it does not care what it eats so long as the name Trump is mentioned. Jubilex is happy. His idea of recapturing the narrative after the DNC was to say anything to get in the media and get them talking about him. And that shit worked. Everyone's talking about him, and most of them are saying the same thing. What a dick! But it's all the same to Jubilex. And I'm afraid his ego might have convinced him that he actually can be president. I mean, how hard could it be if a Muslim imposter could do it? If a C-minus legacy student at Yale could do it, the playboy huckster from Arkansas can do it. It cannot be all that hard. I mean, for God's sakes, a D-list actor is considered by Republicans at least a demigod. So how hard could being a president be? And this is more scary than anything else that I can think of, that Donald Trump has starting to believe that he can be president of the United States of America. No, wait, scratch that. What's really scary is the thought crosses my mind 
when I am drifting off to sleep and it jolts me upright in my bed that a non-zero percentage of the voting population believes that Donald J. Trump can be president of the United States. Some folks are speculating that the gilded crotch might drop out or be replaced by the GOP. Trump's not going to drop out like some half-term governor of Alaska. Quitting, that's for... Loser! And Trump, he's a winner. He can feel it. Slate's Jamel Bowie nailed it when he said Trump could twist his twisted mind around losing an election by deciding to believe that he didn't lose so much as Hillary cheated. And he's already laying the groundwork. But if he quit, he'd be humiliated. And no one humiliates the Donald, not even the Donald. And as for the GOP replacing him, that ship sailed, was torpedoed right outside the harbor, sank with all hands, and is blocking the channel. Listen to me, you the fuck. I offered you a chance when we could have done something. I offered you a chance to be a cop, and you blew it! You blew it. Short of Trump actually shooting someone on Fifth Avenue or vice versa, please note this is not to be construed in any fashion a threat, a call to action, a suggestion, a hint, a remote inference for a person or persons to take any remotely related actions. Nothing like this is going to happen. There is a rule in the RNC that allows the nominee to be replaced in the event of a death, illness, or inability to run. You know, they burst a blood vessel while being bareback topped by a rent boy or something. But nothing allows them to just boot him off the ticket. They're stuck with Trump like a big orange band-aid on an oozing scab is stuck on them. The only people who can stop Trump is you and me, pod friends. You are being asked to save your country. The American people are going to have to nut up and do the dirty work the Republican Party lacks the courage to do for themselves by making sure this dangerous lunatic never comes close to being elected. Not since the days of George Wallace have voters been given such a heady responsibility and you are being asked to answer the call. You, my fellow Americans, must stand up in one clear voice and say, This fucking asshole is out of here! And then vote against him. Some of you believe you can vote for someone other than Hillary. Understand. But I'm asking you to do what myself and my good friend Noam Chomsky thinks. Yes, me and Noam have been said the same thing. I mean... I was actually saying it before Gnome. When we say, think of the Khan family and all they sacrificed. Are you so petty that you're going to refuse to sacrifice your vote against the man who toys with the idea of nuclear weapons like a kid with an Xbox? The Khans gave their son for the ideals of liberty and freedom, but you can't stand the idea of voting for the only candidate with a realistic chance to keep that tiny finger off of a nuclear button. I've said before that the white liberal who votes third party will not be the one to pay the price for their conscience, but the minorities will. Well, now I'm being joined by Noam fucking Chomsky, you liberal shitheads. Sorry, that was a little angrier than I meant it to be. But the price is much steeper than we can possibly imagine. And maybe, maybe just the brown people won't be required to pay it by themselves if this idiot gets his hands on nuclear toys. 
Donald Trump doesn't understand sacrifice. And by throwing your lot against the political reality of our two-party system, neither do you. So I'm asking you and all Americans to be heroes just for one day. That is it for another show. Did I really make it through this entire show without insulting Gavin a single time? Oh, come here, you big lug. Come here. Let me give you a hug. Let me give you a hug. No, 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 no. Stop. Stop. Really. Stop. Stop. No. (laughs) Really. He thought I was going to give him a hug. Get out of here. No, no, seriously. Get out of here. He really thought I was going to give him a hug. Hey, if you want to give the show a hug, you can do that by leaving us a rating and review on the iTunes or the Stitcher or the Google Play podcast. All of my love and affection can be found on Twitter at the hell underscore podcast dot com and the show name on Facebook. Every episode of the show can be found on SoundCloud and, of course, www.whatthehellpodcast.com. For me, Dave Bledsoe and now the sullen and weepy producer Gavin and all the other fictional people on this show, we want to say that I, I will do this thing and you, you will not believe that we can beat them just for one day but we can be heroes just for one day yes you you can believe and I really do drink all the time because we're voters and the fact that we're voters and that is that so we can be heroes just for one day we'll see you all next week just for one day Podcasts.